podcast because this is just a recording of our conversations <laughs> they get to I'm see so, what we talk they get about. to see the are they ready you think they're ready i don't so? know i don't know if they're ready y'all i'm so excited i'm with my sis today my good sis dr rumula tell the people who you are please and i'll, I'll try to i'll try to behave today <laughs> <laughs> my name is dr ruth rumula i am a board certified OBGYN, gyn surgeon menopause specialist fibroid specialist sexual dysfunction specialist and i am currently finishing my training in cosmetic surgery facial and general i am having the time of my life living yes. out my purpose Mm -hmm. And my purpose is to make sure that women's health, wellness, and beauty is recognized, particularly for women that look just like me, deeply melanated. We are deeply melanated. Chocolate, chocolate, Godiva. (laughs) Yes, um, as you can already tell, she gave us a little rap sheet. That's probably just like, I don't know, maybe like 5% of what she really does. A typical Nigerian, like we just don't have a chill. Button. We don't we have just... anything else to do with our lives. <laughs> but to work, I to go work, come back, work. Come on, <laughs> come on. But um, I'm so happy to chat with her today. Obviously, we have a bit of a subject, but we're going to really try to delve into just some interesting parts of your journey because obviously, I feel like our origin story, how we met, was I stumbled across you when you were in literally like typical white America <laughs> suburb you know, in the middle of North Texas, you had a practice, right? And for whatever reason, you attracted such a really unique case. So talk to us, kind of start us off with, you know, landing after residency, what got you started as far as where did you, where did, where did you, why did you feel to plant your roots in Mansfield in the first place? This is a story. Mm -hmm. So I was a third year, um, resident at Georgetown University. I was doing my OBGYN residency training and I was completely single, like (laughs) no prospects in the world. So I said to myself, you know what, this is perfect. Okay. Mm -hmm. I think I was like 27 or 27. I had no tentacles. I had always made my decisions around my brothers who were mm. in New York and my parents who were in Maryland. And I said, you know what? I was going to make a decision for myself for the first time to go where Love I it. wanted to go. So I did this like intellectual search. Where would I like to be? If I could be anywhere in the United States, where mm. would I want to be? So I picked out five warm cities because <laughs> my Nigerian blood is very strong. <laughs> I don't like cold. I don't like anything that's white and sticks on the road. So I um, look at look at LA, uh, Houston, Dallas, um, Atlanta, somewhere else. Oh, Miami. And so um, I knew I wanted to be close to a big city. I'd, I'd never have lived in a city. Fun fact, yeah. I'm from the Washington DC area. I've always lived in a suburb. I've even lived in a Virginia suburb or a Maryland suburb. 
when I went to med school, I lived right outside of Philly. I've never wow. lived in a city and I don't have the desire to. So I did this intellectual search and then I wrote down everything I wanted, how much I wanted to make, mm-hmm. how I wanted my practice to run. I did all of this. And I knew that right after my residency, I was going to go out to fellowship. And mm-hmm. my fellowship was in GYN surgery. So I was going to do that. And that was in Oklahoma. So I already had that plan, but I wanted something that as soon as I finished, I was jumping right into it. Right. And so um, somehow when I did the map and I actually did computed numbers on mm-hmm. Excel, um, I gave numbers to each thing based on my limited knowledge. Cause I've never lived in any of these places, right. but I just did my Google searches and Dallas one. So I knew it was going to be Dallas. So nice. one day I was talking to one of my girlfriends and she's like, you better stay in Dallas, Dallas or some Frisco or Plano area. You better <laughs> not go all the way out to Mansfield. I was like, Mansfield? What was that? Exactly. And Typical so that you. You wanted to pick the spot before. that. So it was in the back of my mind. Yeah. And then while I was in fellowship, um, I had a recruiter who was helping me get locums and for people who aren't in mm-hmm. medicine, that's, um, you know, travel jobs for doctors or short stay jobs where it's just, a 1099 contract, meaning you work, they pay you, that's it. You don't that's work it. for them, you work for yourself, mm-hmm. but you, you know, contract it out. And so I had a, a recruiter that was helping me with that. And then I kind of told her my plan. And she was like, I know somebody who has an opportunity for you. I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. right. Because yeah. my plan was, I'm talking about as if it was my ideal plan. And I used to pray mm-hmm. over it. I open, I used to open it. I said, God, I want my ideal. I don't want to, I don't want to settle. I want my ideal job. So just the way some, I guess some people pray about men like that. I prayed about my job like that. And yeah. so this guy called me and I didn't tell him what I wanted. He said, I have an opportunity out in Mansfield, Texas, mm-hmm. where they're looking for an OBGYN who is energetic and wants to have some leadership opportunities and wants to run their own practice. You won't have any help. And I'm like, check, 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 check. check, check, check. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it has to come down to the money, right? Like where's my (laughs) money coming from? Am I able to earn my own? Like if I'm putting out a million dollars worth of work, am I going to get a million dollars worth of pay? Or am I going to get 30, uh, 300,000 worth of pay? And so he told me the, the payout scheme. And I was like, well, it, it didn't end up being like that, but at the time it was exactly what I wrote down to God. Exactly. Wow. And wow. down to the last 25,000 at the end, it was wow. exactly what I asked God for. So everything was on that. And so Amazing. I took the job and the job really allowed me to basically own my own practice. I had an investor and the mm-hmm. investor asked me to also provide leadership um, as chair of their department or head of the department. And mm. so that's sort of how I came to Vanceville. So it was really God etching mm. out and, and answering my prayers um, over the past two years. But here's a cautionary tale. So God mm-hmm. gave me exactly what I asked God for. And truthfully, I thought it was beyond my wildest imagination. However, mm-hmm. God gave me exactly what I asked for. That's it. And it was probably way below what he was willing to give me. That's a whole because word. and so <laughs> be careful when you're 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 taking God your wish list instead of asking Him to show you what He has for you is a very mm-hmm. very different thing. So God might give you exactly what you want, but that ain't what you need. 
Exactly. And like, it's so interesting though, because that's why I really wanted to start with the origin story because where you were then and where you are now pales in comparison. Like, I mean, it's just such an interesting way that you flip the script because I think finally, once you realize like, I actually am worth more, I can have more. I, you know, I, my value is a lot much further than what you thought, because that's the resident you making these requests, right? Now you're in a different ball game. Your eyes will shine. You have seen things, you know, like you have, you have met people, you start to connect and network. And speaking of which, um, something that a lot of people don't realize is like the power of relationships is really taking you to this point. So I want you to talk to, about just your networking and your, you know, making connections and being, finding yourself, how a connection landed you even in this specialty that you're pursuing right now. So this is really interesting because when I was in medical school, <clears throat> I said to myself, I'm going to put my head down. I'm mm -hmm. going to work. I'm going to do well in these exams and I'm going to pass and I'm going to be a doctor. So that's what I did. A very small network of people that were, they studied differently than me. So mm -hmm. I, I'm a very big picture person. I can tell stories in the most minute things. I can tell you the story of it and you will get it. You will understand right. it. A child will understand it. A monkey would understand it. That's literally how I think. I break it down to the barest minimum. So I found friends who were way advanced, like the way they thought about things challenged my brain in many ways. One of my best friends, she's, um, she's Pakistani. And she, she, we actually really look alike, which is really strange that we have different <laughs> complexions and we look like mm -hmm. physically alike. Um, and she has she thinks she's an artist. So she sees the world very differently than me. My mm -hmm. other study buddy was, uh, he was red, green, colorblind. And he saw the world very differently than me. And they actually poured into me. That's how, actually how I learned. And all three of wow. us had the same exact test scores. It was wow. insane. I couldn't know what test score I was going to have. They told me their text test score. Wow. And that was just because we challenged each other so much. We learned together. But that was the only networking I did. Hmm. In residency, I was, girl, I just try to get through every day. It was just, a, it was <laughs> an act of the Holy Spirit carrying me through, girl. I'm telling you, crazy. Yeah. That place was crazy. Yeah. I still have PTSD, and one day I'll tell you about it. But <laughs> so when I finished, I'm this lone star that broke away from everybody that mm -hmm. my, my um, program, since it's in D.C., is very incestuous in that people stay in the same area, get the same jobs, yep. same philosophy. They've never seen anything that, else. But that's just and the I'm DMV like, for Texas. you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm going away to fellowship that you guys don't approve of, and I'm going to fellow I'm going to start a practice that you guys don't approve of, and I'm not going to tell you. I'm just going to do what I'm going to do. So when I got there in into Dallas, I had the other thing that sort of happened is that during my last year of residency, I started this practice where I would wake up in the morning and I would listen to educational tapes mm -hmm. or I guess it started, it was a YouTube at that point, either educational, motivational or sermons. So yeah. that's all I listen to. Like while I'm getting dressed, while I'm brushing my teeth, I still do that till today. I did it this morning. I do it every morning. It's my morning ritual. I wake up, I pray and I start listening to motivational stuff. And some of the people I was listening to were like Brian Tracy, Jim Rohn, and they yeah. talk about a lot about achievement as an entrepreneur, a salesperson. Mm -hmm. One of the things they always talked about was networking, 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 networking. So now I was in a situation where I said, let me try this networking thing out. Yeah. So, 
some of the things that I started doing was, you know, I started putting myself out on Instagram. I started my podcast. I started yeah. like networking with people who are OBGYNs in the area. Then I started building a team for what my patients need. That's one of the reasons why Dr. Abraham and I are really close is because I used to send my patients to her because they need pelvic physical rehabilitation after yeah. surgery, after um, deliveries for other reasons that I didn't know how right. to treat, dyspareunia and all these other things, vaginismus. So I then found a radiologist that I wanted to be part of my team, mm -hmm. a mental health person that specialized in, specialized in reproductive issues. I pulled her in. And so I had this network of people that I started pulling in. And because of that, I started interacting with them and then we started building. And then yeah. I started building with people across the world because I might have an issue that I don't understand. I've never seen this type of fibroid before. I've never, so I started, you know, networking. And then I had a time where a um, rep came into my office and I don't mm -hmm. disrespect reps. I learned a lot from reps. The reason why I learned a lot from reps is because they know everything about one device in detail. Yep. So I can learn from them experience. I can learn, you know, ways to use the gadget that I wouldn't think of. So I had this rep who came in my office and I remember that I wasn't in my office the first day he came. And the next day, apparently they made an appointment for him. So the next day mm -hmm. I saw every girl in my office going into the bathroom. Sorry, Tobin and your <laughs> wife. But I saw everybody else going into the bathroom. At that time he wasn't married. And people were like putting on lipstick and you know, putting socks into their bra. Yeah, for the people who don't know, he's, he's not a bad looking person is what he we're is saying. He's not a bad looking man, okay? <laughs> and so everybody was ready for him when he oh, came listen. in. And I didn't know. I just walked out like, hey, what's up? And so he started talking. <laughs> uh, and he was like, you know, I said, I, I would love to buy your device. But I really, what I really want to do is actually some specialized in cosmetic surgery. I don't know how to do it. I don't even know if OGYs do it, but I've always wanted, I wanted to be a dermatologist before. I think I'm going to be a pretty good cosmetic surgeon. He's like, oh, you can do that. I have clients. I have two clients. I'm going to you up. So he gave me the name of one and I hit her up on Instagram. She called me immediately and wow. she gave me a four hour rundown of what I needed. And her name is Dr. Daisy Ayim, for which I owe a lot. And she is wow. a Cameroonian OBGYN in Houston, and she's amazing. She wow. really gave me a lot of tea. Then I called the other person, Dr. Christy Walker. I hit her up, and she was like, what are you doing next week? I said, I'm free. She's like, come up and see me. So I drove to Plano. She actually came out of the OR looking tired and mm -hmm. hungry, and she still met up with me. It was raining. I can't forget it. She came in that rain, in that storm, and sat down with me and went through all the programs out there, where I should apply, wow. what our experience is, all of that. So fast forward, I, 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 I looked at the deadline and the deadline was one week. At this time, we have fast forwarded from, my initial story was in like, I guess, 2016 mm -hmm. or 2015. Um, at this time, this is 2020. And so at this point I had gotten into a relationship I had got, I was at the end of the relationship at this point and the mm -hmm. relationship ended a hot mess. And I actually want to take it aside. Sorry, I'll come back to my story. I want to take it aside to any woman <laughs> who's going, who's in a relationship with a man that she loves and trusts and that trust is betrayed for any mm -hmm. reason, whether it is 
your finances are squandered, whether it is like me, uh, your partner cheating on you and embarrassing mm -hmm. you, whether it is your partner being a gambler or a thief or something that really, really embarrasses you and you have taken the burden of this person's actions, put them on yourself and made yourself feel like you were responsible for him. Ooh. Stop that rubbish. Stop You're not it. responsible for any other yeah. human being's behavior. Period. They are Period. solely responsible. You couldn't have been a better man. Why wasn't he a better man? Okay. So you couldn't and have been a better woman. Why wasn't he a better man? Honestly, and I don't want, I mean, like, I just want to just really take this from me because Dr. Ramola is definitely downplaying her experiences because she went through hell and back even in that season. I was there. And I can say that just looking at just, you said you said so many important things. I just want to help people who are listening to this really delve in. First of all, not many physicians even take reps seriously. So you never know the root of your blessing. You never know where it's going to come from. Like you never know where your well of opportunity is going to come from. Like, what if you didn't just say that to him that day, you know, and just open up and say, this is what I want to do. So many people don't even want to be vulnerable or don't even, you know, speak, speak a word over what their promises or their desires look like, but you said it. And somebody took you so seriously enough that it just opened up. And it was almost as if God was just waiting for you to just say it because he was already putting things in succession for you. So I just feel like that's what a lot of us, we hold ourselves back. We don't share our dreams. You know how it is. It's like, especially people of color, it's like, well, I don't want anybody to know what I'm trying to do. I want to be quiet. It's like, what if the person that you open up to is really ready to set you up? I mean, Tobin was not the ideal person in that situation, right? He's not a doctor. He sells the device, but he was perfectly positioned to open the doors for you. So I just feel like I don't want to skip that because I think that's what's always inspired me when I think about your story is because in some way it was accidental, but I just felt like it was God's timing and you stepped in position by just speaking, just opening up. Yes. Yeah, definitely. The Bible says, ask and you shall receive until your cup is overflowing. And I'll tell you, my cup is overflowing. But in that same breath, if you make the mistake, which you are not, you don't know until you say it, where yeah. you share your dreams with someone and someone shoots it down, mm. right? I want you to know this, right? Um, somebody projecting their fears on you, somebody projecting their inadequacies on you, and sometimes somebody literally trying to pull you back from your destiny, oh my you gosh. should be weary of that. Yeah. One, of the one of the group of people that tends to do this with every right intention is parents. Mm, and I've thought oh about that for a very long time hmm. because I'm not a parent, but I have taken a lot of time to think about why I hid a lot of my thoughts in the beginning so my, from my parents. Because people that really love you want to make sure you are safe, that mm. you are secure that your emotions don't get you know tossed apart that you don't you don't you're not a failure so safety is the goal of a parent to keep you safe mm. and loved but a lot of things that require a lot of your purpose your purpose you can know you're in your purpose when it involves risk that's what yes. the world calls it risk exactly. what we call it is the dependence on god's grace so if you're yes. depending on god's grace that in and of itself is a risk that means you cannot do it on your own and Period. so a lot of times 
children tell their parents their dreams, which are really truly their purpose. And what ends up happening is out of the fear of you getting hurt, your parent protects you. And that protection yeah. stops you from reaching your purpose. And a, one thing that my mother said to me after uh, she listened, she's listened to every one of my podcasts at least twice. And when yeah. she first started listening to my podcast, she was very cautionary. Don't tell people this. Don't say this. Don't do that. And then she does said to myself, she said to me, I was praying one day for you. And the Holy Spirit told me, now you get that. Are you the only person? <laughs> That's your own translation. That's your own problem. <laughs> like, this is, are you, you the one that mm-hmm. owns this child? Yeah, I yeah. own her. I yeah, just gave yeah, her yeah. to you as a gift. You don't yeah. own her. Right. And right. so whatever mission I have her on, do you want it on your head that she doesn't complete her mission? And my mom said, you know what? After that, if you like, do whatever you want to do. I'm supporting you because that. And so I want to tell you, I say all that to say to you, if you have told somebody your dreams and they have mm. shut it down, but that is truly your dream, go to God, tell God yeah. your dreams and yeah. see the Holy Spirit work on your behalf. Because that's some of the things that we do that, you know, people say said to me, you can't open a practice with only GYN. It will never work. You cannot um go to fellowship in middle of nowhere no one knows you you'll never learn anything you are OBGYN. you'll never become a cosmetic surgeon you Mm -hmm. are a you are a black woman you'll never be a doctor i've had somebody tell me that and they've tried they try consistently to that's the enemy talking through them because your purpose is so big that if you were to go after it, you would change the world. You will mm-hmm. change lives. You will inspire. You will pull people back from suicide that they are going to, to mm-hmm. commit. You will, you will push yeah. some young girl who looks yeah. at you that looks just like you, say to herself, I can also do the mission that God has for me yeah. because I've seen yeah. it. So I honestly, don't want you to ever get discouraged yeah. by somebody else projecting their insecurities, inadequacy, or lack of wisdom on you. Honestly, like you just said it all right there. I think so many people need to hear the words you're saying because we box ourselves in because of what people feel like they understand and what they can envision for our lives, right? Like what if, I always say this thing, I feel like I feel like this was something that Holy Spirit told me some while ago is like, what you're, what you're trying to become doesn't exist. So stop looking for her. And I felt like that freed me. <laughs> Because all I wanted was a role model, a mentor, this, this, and this. And I wanted someone that literally represented what I wanted. And I felt like God was just like, but that person doesn't exist. That's why I want it for you. And so it's like, you have to really just shut off the weight of the expectations and the burden of others. And I love that you worried about how people project fears, right? Because let's be honest, 10 years ago, we were not seeing Black female surgeons. We were not seeing Black female OBGYNs doing the things that they're doing now, right? So many people were shadowed under racial issues. They were hella talented, but buried under all kinds of jealousy and in really boxed spaces. And now we're starting to see people kind of emerge all of a sudden, right? And start to show off a little bit like, you don't have to be one thing. I think that's one of the things I love about you so much is because you're not just one thing. Like you love fashion, you love beauty, you love treating fibroids, you know, but you also really love cosmetic gynecology. And I think this is what I see is a lot of people project the fear of you, you can't be more than one thing. Like that's not going to work for you yet. You're doing it. So 
Like, what's up with that? Yeah. And it's so crazy, right? As women, as Black women, we have to realize something. In 1920s, you cannot buy property without your your husband. That's your 100 husband. years mm-hmm. ago. There are people mm-hmm. that are alive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That their mothers could not board versus or Brown versus Board of Education. That's the first time we could sit next to a, a person that didn't look like us in terms of skin tone and learn and learn and just learn. Okay, that's crazy. 1960s. So what is that? 70 years ago? What is that? I can't do math. So Jesus, that these people are gonna yeah, it's years about it. <laughs> um, now, yeah, nine years, years ago. ago now now mm-hmm. we're in a situation where. You know, we have the opportunity. It's not easy. I'll tell you that. And, I, and and anybody that wants to go into medicine that's a woman, you need, if you're if you hear this, you need to fortify yourself spiritually because a mm. lot of it is a spiritual attack. It's not even- It's warfare. It's, I tell, whenever I'm going through the, the situation that a lot of Black women that are doctors, particularly surgeons, come to me with, I say to them that your- the people who are opposing you, they have no desire to ruin your career. They have every desire to ruin you. They don't want you to stop being a doctor. They want you to stop being a doctor, get into deep depression, get into a psych ward, off mm. yourself. That's actually the intent is to destroy you. The enemy comes to kill, kill steal, kill, and, destroy. and destroy. Kill yeah. your self-confidence. Steal your self-worth. Make and you destroy doubt your spirit, mm, soul, mm, mm, mm. and body. Mm-hmm. And that is exactly what you see. Because the insults go, and I have faced it, and I am facing it right now, right? I have a mm-hmm. side job where I am facing that right now. And and unfortunately for them, my God is bigger. <laughs> my God is stronger. And my mouth, <laughs> hey, I was gifted with the gift of gab. So these yeah. are the things that, you know, and I want, I know that this goes on in other spheres not just in medicine of course i mean in, and in I the, even in legal spheres the only in, thing you can the yeah. only weapon you have that's why the bible says put on your whole armor when yeah. you're leaving that your house put on six. your whole mm-hmm. if you don't know what it is go and read about the whole armor the whole spiritual armor because if you go out unprotected don't expect to be protected yeah 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 i mean there's so much i mean i i, I mean one thing that we can really clearly say here is that we're double minorities, you know? So being a female and being a black black female kind of puts on this persona of expectation, right? I mean, I remember sharing with you oftentimes, you know, even when I first started my career, they used to think that I was a CNA or I was the nurse tech, right? They, they thought I was, I remember one time being mistaken for a janitor. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, because there's just this perceived bias, this perceived expectation. And so, so yet you are breaking barriers by the grace of God and you're audacious enough to do it. But I love something about you in that you're also specifically advocating for Black women in their health. And so talk to me about kind of where this passion stemmed from and what you feel like you're doing to set some things in motion to really advocate for Black females? Not my choice. It's not my <laughs> choice. Seriously, when I was in Georgetown, I said to everybody, and everybody knows it, so I cannot lie about it. I said, I only want to take care of the richest of the rich. Because I wanted to she walk in and out. Like, I wanted to take care of patients <laughs> with Chanel on, and nobody looked at me like I was crazy. I wanted One to, thing like, about I, Dr. Herbalist, she'll that get that a bag. She wants a bag. You know, it's not okay. I mean, I'm just kidding. That it was okay. my <laughs> desire. 
And the Holy yeah, Spirit yeah. one day told me, I do you work for yourself? Where are you working mm. for me? You said, God, use me. You'll be shouting there, use me, Lord. When you're singing and that's not let me sing for you people who just off this thing. So um, you'll be start singing there with your croaking voice. Use now I want to use you. You're telling me how to use you. Mm. So it was a really humbling experience. But as I as I have evolved, and I'm not saying black people aren't rich because they are. I'm from PG oh, County. Definitely. I know you're rich. Okay. Mm-hmm. So but what I'm saying is that that precludes a lot of people that really needed my help. Mm. And so mm. when I moved to Mansfield and I'm in a suburban area where it could be, there are black people in Mansfield, don't get me wrong, but there's a lot more white people. And I mm-hmm. just had patients that were coming, I'm talking about coming from a, the border of Oklahoma, two and a yep. half hours yep. away to yep. see me because they hadn't seen a black physician. I still have patients in my, say, girl, ain't nobody talk to me about, you know, you know, mm. the trains that be getting run on me or whatever. They, cause mm. I ask all these questions. I tell yeah, we yeah, will tell yeah. we will talk about it. Cause I want to yeah. know how best I can help you in your lifestyle. Because a lot of the times what we say as health professionals that people are not, um, are not compliant patients. You don't even know them. Oh, listen, you don't know them. It. So you how can they comply to what they don't even understand what you're saying? Mm, right mm. how did I know this okay this is in cosmetic surgery I'm in my fellowship I had a situation where a patient I told my the patient well I don't know if I told the patient or staff everybody told the patient bring your prescription here's your prescriptions for your pre-op medications bring your prescriptions with you this woman brought her prescription thing that we gave her whole bag she never went to go fill it out but that's truthfully what we said right? Mm-hmm, so now mm-hmm. we explain it better because a lot of the times we are in our heads. We think we're saying, we're speaking to the people, but we're not. And mm-hmm. there's no treatment that is effective if the person doesn't buy into it, doesn't trust you, and doesn't understand. It's not oh going to happen. Gosh. It's not going to work. It's and not that's real, and that's, on, and that's on literally so much. That's, that's what we talk about, not having cultural understanding or not having the emotional intelligence to read the room and understand that I might not really be the best person to approach this, or I may not have the context to really experience or understand the full patient experience. Yeah. Definitely. So we're going to hold it right there. This conversation with Dr. Rimmel is going so, so well. And we're going to save a part two and finish this up on the next week. I hope you guys have been enjoying what we've been discussing so far. Stay tuned for more with Dr. Rimmel next week. I'm super excited that you listened in today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. In order to get in contact with me, feel free to follow me on Instagram at TriggeredPT. We're also on TikTok now. Woohoo! Um, also, you can send an email directly to me at Dr. Yeni, that's D-R-Y-E-N-I at TriggeredPT.com. Please note that everything discussed here is not to replace medical advice. Seek out a practitioner if you do have urgent needs. Thank you so much. See you guys next time.